0: Welcome, on, Masi, coming to you from uh, the suburban yet warming suburbs of St. Louis. Finally, warming up. I'm recording from home today, so I could get our first returning guest to the show. Uh, I am really excited about having that. He was a busy man, but I wanted to get him back on, especially now that we're on, a, on the on the YouTube. Although I think I warned him; should have warned him better. Uh, there's so much to cover. You know, DC uh, is, is starting to heat up. The committees are starting, but also the state houses across the country. And I want to talk to our guest about that. So, without any further ado, let's get the show rolling. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As I mentioned, I am Fred Wellman, the host of FP uh, on Democracy with FP Wellman, wherever we are. I don't remember where we are. (laughs) I'm so glad to have you here for the show. As always, it's uh, locally grown and organic, so you can trust that. (laughs) I mentioned there's a lot going on in DC and across the country. uh, As we thought, kind of predicted, the the hearings are starting in the House of Representatives. You know, I I said two months ago uh, when the midterms are over that. Uh, it would be a circus, and that us Democratic operatives would be recording it all to use against these folks later. And we're one day into it, and I was completely right. Uh, Margie Teller Green's doing her crazy. Her and her crazy friends will now get a platform to spew their silliness every day. And and uh, and I'm I'm hopeful that the good campaigns will use that against them because it's just a it's a circus. But you know we'll be fed a steady diet of that extremist. But we're also being fed a steady diet of those extremists in in, in state houses across the country right now. Most legislators are starting to meet across the country. A lot of bills are being fielded Uh, here in Missouri, where I live. It's a record number of bills specifically targeting transgender Missourians in every possible angle you can imagine. Horrifying laws talk about taking away their medical care. You know, it's it's a real movement in these red states to to take on the LGBTQ community. And and our guest has talked a lot about that. So we got a lot of room to cover Uh, our guest, You know, Greg Sargent, he us in between publishing deadlines. I appreciate that, Greg. And uh, so welcome to the show, Greg. For those who don't know Greg... He's a columnist of the Washington Post, joined the Post in 2010 after his stints at the Talking Points Memo in New York Magazine, the New York Observer. He's the author of the 2018 book, An Uncivil War, Taking Back Our Democracy in the Age of Trumpism, Disinformation and Thunderdome Politics. He lives in Maryland and he's joining us from home. And uh, I appreciate your time, Greg. I know I know you're in a deadline.
1: Oh, no worries. Thanks for having me on.
0: You know, it's uh, it's a it's a crazy time, and and we just got word as we were getting ready for the show, right? That Representative Ion Omar has been ousted from the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, there was a few Republicans. I think you actually even talked about Matt Gates having having reservations in one of your recent columns. Um, they all fell in line. It ended up being a two eighteen to eleven vote. You know, so all their discomfort was, uh, I guess, alleviated. They surrendered to the mob. You know, you've written extensively on this topic. I mean, how do you feel right now, knowing they actually went through with it, Greg?
1: Well, I mean it's it's pretty appalling. You know, Republicans keep trying to draw an equivalence between the democratic removal of Marjorie Taylor Greene and and the Republican removal of Elon Omar. And of course there's no equivalence there at all. Marjorie Taylor Greene has endorsed political violence and has arguably even tried to incite it uh, yeah. against Democrats. And Elon Omar, if you read the resolution that Republicans uh put together, which supposedly details the case against her. It's, it's a really weak case. I mean, there's no question that Elon Omar has had some problematic statements in the past. Um, There's no sugarcoating that. It's true. She's apologized for that. But the, uh, the other statements that they try to highlight in there are just bullshit. Basically they're all, they're taken out of context and they're, they're mostly invented scandals that, they, you know, they've been doing this for years. They're, they they use particular quotes out of context in a way that just completely distorts their seriousness, the level of seriousness of them. And so it's clear that they're punishing Elon Omar because they wanted a head on a pike.
0: Yeah, and you know, you you actually brought it up in that column too. I mean, I, 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 there's just no way to avoid that this isn't driven by Islamophobia as well, right? I mean, again, a lot of this is, you know, is, she is a Muslim member, she's very open about her faith, she's talked about it. You know, I think a lot of this is driven by that racism, but you point out, 70, she was elected by 75% of the vote. Um, those aren't all Muslims voting for her. She, she's she's grown in the role as a member of Congress. I right. mean, how much do you think that has to do with this? That 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 fear of immigration, that fear of an, that Islamic phobic kind of background. Well, I think
1: all you need to do is, is look at the fact that Trump has steadily attacked her as, as kind of a foreign interest. If you right. remember, um, he presided over a send her back chant at a rally, and he uh, attacked her Somali roots pretty directly by saying she's trying to tell us how, how to run our country as if she's some sort of intruding uh, invader. But right. let's be clear about this. I and mean, she was elected to represent hundreds of thousands of U.S. citizens. I should put it this way. Hundreds of thousands of U.S. citizens voted to choose her to represent them. So the very act of casting her as a foreign interloper type is essentially a way to advance their real objection which is to the fact that so many US citizens want a Muslim American representing them. That's their real right. objection.
0: Right? And 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 it's shocking. I mean, she is, uh, I believe that she's the most threatened member of Congress, the rank and file. She was actually evacuated with the leadership of the Senate and the House on January 6th because the Capitol Police believed there was real threats to her life. I think today during the debate on this topic, she actually read out a voicemail that she received at her office saying that the guy was going to come put a bullet in her head. I mean, the the level it's
1: It's really important to stress that the Capitol Police, at least according to Omar's office, what they told me and uh, I, I think it's it's credible. Um, they, uh, Elon Omar's office told me that the Capitol Police believed that there was a credible assassination threat against her. And that's why she was spirited away to a secure location and had a 24, uh, 24-hour security detail. So this isn't just like, this is the Capitol Police, according to her office.
0: Right. So it's a real threat. It's not, It's not. Uh, you know, just touched that. But, but where do right. they go from there? I mean, this is such a... This just feels like such a low point, right? I mean, it really gets to you know our worst fears of the Republican majority and and what what that you know Kevin McCarthy gave away to be the House Speaker. I mean, they're they're giving in to the most base elements of their party on this. I mean, for me, it, it it's one thing. I mean, I, I guess my own feeling, Greg, was that it was always talk, like you said, you know, Trump, the you know, the, the, the threats with Trump, and you know, the idiot Margie Greene and the things she says. But this is truly, I think, I almost feel like, am I maybe I'm crazy. This is like one of the very first legislative actions where they've actually gone forward and done you know acted on these these words, right? I mean it's a, it's a it seems like a major step in, in what's happening and our worst fears about this Republican majority, don't you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, an appalling uh, use of their power. Um, and it's actually notable that they are unable at least as of now to commend a majority in the House for their extreme uh, immigration agenda. They are able to get a majority of the House to vote to oust a um, Muslim uh, American congresswoman on on really fake pretenses. But they have been unable to get um, a majority of of the House, meaning all Republicans, uh, to support Chip Roy's Uh, Chip Royce is a representative from Texas who's put forward a truly extreme immigration bill. They call it a border security bill, but it would probably functionally end asylum as we know it and because a bunch of republicans are balking they can't even get support for it to pass so it's kind of an amusing thing that they can't act on their immigration agenda because it's too extreme and yet they can do some sort of performative bullshit not to undermine the seriousness of it but performative crap about you know meant to parade elon omar's head around on a pike
0: right and it is performing bullshit. That's the only way to describe it. That's a, that's that's exact, and that's pretty much all they've got, right? I mean, it's performing bullshit is going to be the main thing they produce in the next yeah. two years. They can't they can't pass a lot of the laws. Um, what's really unique too is in the final reading of this thing, they only ousted her from the foreign affairs using the excuse that she shouldn't have access to classified information. But at the same time, they have placed you know people who are actually part of the insurrection on the heads of a lot of these committees. You know, they continue. There, there's this disconnect between people who have actually threatened our government and acted out upon it, between people who say, Said words. Yes. I mean, we, we, you know, we've really got this. And and I, I it's funny. I, I talked to a lot of Democratic activists and they're like, oh, just they talk about the hypocrisy. But I think I don't I think maybe even you and I talked about the last time on the show is like they they don't have the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is not an attack to use on this Republican Party today. You know, they've had the, they've had the shame gene removed. Right. I mean, we, we can't yeah, find I,
1: hypocrisy. I, right. I think we have talked about I mean, I think I've never understood the hypocrisy charge in this context for the for the for the reason that you know, it's just not going to land because Republicans in that kind of MAGA vein are explicitly selling the fact that they're willing to treat their own people differently. Like that's a, they're holding that up as a badge of honor. So right. when you call them hypocrites, they say, yeah, and that's good, isn't it? Right. Is it. I mean,
0: yeah, is it. They, they, they admit freely what they're doing and that's the agenda.
1: They're telling their voters that that's a positive feature of their politics that voters should support.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a great place to segue to Florida, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, where you know Ron DeSantis just won re-election by a, a large majority. You know, there's there's no question about that. He ran, you know, that that what we're getting with Ron DeSantis, what you get in Florida with Ron DeSantis, is a surprise. You've written you've written extensively, and I see you tweeting extensively about the the. The fact that these school libraries, we're seeing this, the school libraries talking about taking schools out, you know, teachers are being advised in some school districts to, to cover up the books, um, you know, and, and to, and, and, and for fear of literally felony charges, based these, these stop woke and don't say gay laws. And I think you wrote about how the state or orga- the organization that oversees school libraries has actually asked the state for a ruling on, you know, does the stop woke, does the don't say gay bills, bills that apply to curriculum, do they apply to books? um you know what's what's the what's the latest in that battle down there on that issue
1: so it hasn't changed since what i wrote um and i'm glad you brought this up because it actually isn't getting the attention that i think it deserves everybody focuses on the covering up of 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 classroom libraries because that's a very powerful symbol for a lot of people but there's there's more of this right like so as you as you just mentioned what i reported um was that the head of the group that represents the supervisors um, of school libraries has explicitly asked the DeSantis administration for clarification in writing uh, on the question of whether the Don't Say Gay Bill and the, the Don't Say Gay Law and the Stop Woke Law apply to school libraries. And they want that clarification in writing because the guidance from the DeSantis administration is confusing on these points. And so, They've asked for that clarification, and they still haven't gotten it. And the conclusion I take from that is that they want these things to be vague, so teachers are and school librarians and educators are generally, you know, terrified to 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 run afoul of the law and essentially censor themselves. Right, and
0: the vagueness is the goal, right? I mean, that, I, I think what you say, right. and you, and you pulled that thread, and we could pull that thread across the country, right? I mean, a lot of these laws are purposely written vaguely. To intimidate them, right? I mean, they 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 they're looking for the self censorship. Right. They're looking for people to be afraid of a single parent turning them in, right? I mean, that, that vagueness is something we've talked about quite a bit. I, I think I've seen you discuss it online quite a bit. Is yeah, Pen America.
1: Pen America has a very good report on on exactly this point, and it, and their report concludes that the vagueness is the point, which is a line that I used as well. But it's important to also underscore, I think, that the vagueness actually invites parents to see plots against their kids around every corner right, right. if the, if if the if the offending conduct isn't clearly defined parents are are invited to to see offenses everywhere and i think that's another really pernicious goal of these laws which is to just create a general atmosphere of, of fear and suspicion and and rage um and division uh, uh, around educational topics and it's just it's a, it's really a terrible panic to be seeing
0: I mean, it feels like, you know, for those of us who've been, you know, I, I used to be a conservative, uh, uh, but but even even as a conservative, when I was a Republican, I was very much against these attacks on public schools. You know, there has been a long time, you know, mission, I think, from from the Republican side, especially attacking public schools, seeking out, you know, vouchers and all. Do, do you think that this in some ways this this is another version of that, that that this is another angle, sort of maybe I would say another front, if you will, as an old soldier, right? This is a front on that war that that this this the stop woke, the the vagueness of these bills. the the allowing parents to be uh, decide what is offensive uh, and put teachers and schools in the defensive all the time. Is this is this really just another front in the war on our public schools and their
1: mission to privatize? Yeah, I mean, I'm not really the best person to talk to about that. But some I mean, a a great person who 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 talks about this really pretty regularly is Jennifer Berkshire. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's how you pronounce her name. She writes about these topics regularly and she's made A pretty persuasive case that this stuff that we're seeing now is kind of a continuation of a war against public education that goes back many decades. And it's got a lot of hallmarks of the of those previous campaigns that you're talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the pieces are there where, you know, we're seeing it here in Missouri. There's a a yet another anti-CRT bill being floated here in Missouri. Uh, It's this mysterious thing, CRT, right? You saw it. I think you said you may have missed the hearing. But in the hearing yesterday, Margie Togreen made a buffoon of herself which is
1: really, yeah, I, saw, I saw, yeah, that, but, saw the clip,
0: right. Okay. You know, about how, Oh, CRTs, but what's really pernicious about that. And something we saw here, Greg, in, in my own school district, where I'm sitting right now is that the, 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 the moms for Liberty type, people made our school board and they got rid of all the DEI I programs in this district. Uh, and, and so what they're doing very effectively, and what Marjorie Terry Greene was trying to do yesterday was to take anything that says equity and diversity, you know, and diversity into it, make that CRT, make that curriculum and then get rid of it. Right. And I think that's that vagueness is exactly what they're trying to do. You know, one of the things we talked about, you know, I, I've gotten some arguments on online a little bit about this is It feels like fascism. I mean, you know, everybody's afraid of using that word, right? I, 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 my friend Tom Nichols, whom I love, and I'm sure he doesn't watch the show. I'll have to get him on the show sometime. But, but Tom, Tom was on Twitter the other day saying, I go. Yeah, I, I don't mind. I know I haven't had him. I need her. It'd be a lot of fun because he and I bat, buck, you know, bad heads all the time. We agree on things. But we buck heads how we get there. But I do disagree with him. He was saying, hey, look, all of you guys on the liberal, all you liberals at lefties calling this fascism, you know, you're really making a mistake. This is just more of the dis- and, and, and 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 I disagree. I mean, I I, I'm a, I I have an organization that I work with that I founded called the the Beer Hall Project. And, and and one of the things we focus on is, is this march of authoritarianism. And if you, the founder of fascism himself, Mussolini, created an entire school curriculum specifically for indoctrinating children of fascism beliefs, right? And he used to brag at every hour of every day, I can tell you on which page of which book each school child in Italy is studying. I mean, the naming argument seems – I mean, it seems like in this case especially No, what, what else do you want to call it if, if you're trying to control how children are taught – you know, in your belief system, it's damn close to fascism, right? I mean, are we getting
1: are we tripping over ourselves here? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I, I've never really gotten all that interested in the, in the in the in the debate over whether that word applies. I have to say, right. I mean, I think there's there's an interesting case to be made that maybe the term fascist politics is a little more applicable, yeah, uh, than the term fascism. Uh, in the sense that maybe there are some hallmarks of of this political style that we can recognize. But I have to say, like, it's not a debate that I care too much about. And I could be wrong in not caring about it. But I just, what I prefer to try to do is describe what we're seeing, um, you know, as clearly as I can. Um, And and, and I think that's not to denigrate the debate at all. I, I guess what I mean to say is we already have enough trouble getting the discourse to define what's what's happening sort of in in the moment to moment factual sense Hmm. right and so i sort of feel like let's get that let's get that squared away first
0: yeah that's a really good point i i i actually don't disagree on that it's we are having a hard time just getting people to agree you know i do think part of the argument though ends up being this idea that we need to convince, you know, we're going to offend independents. Or we're going to offend Republicans. Or we won't be able to get, we won't get Republicans to come to our side when really? a lot of times the frustration is just not enough Democrats are voting, right? <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think we have to, The and and, and that t- to talk to something that you talked about, which I uh, you did a piece that I think you re-upped it just recently in mid-January, you know, I- again, in the States. But do you agree? I liked your piece of mid-January. Talk about how Democratic-led states can capitalize on their success in the midterms to fight back directly on these. This is a culture war thing. That's right. We were what we we're just discussing is a culture war issue in Florida. And, and and you know, up in Michigan, Governor Whitmer, who's now got her full got full control of the government with her party uh, for the first time in a couple of decades. She's going hard at it, right? They came right out of the gate with an abortion, you know, protecting abortion rights, came right out of the gate, protecting LGBTQ. You know, tell, I mean, what do you see about this battle? I mean, it's it's a really good hang yeah. on, like, you know, talk me about the battle at the State level for, to, to fight these culture wars.
1: So it seems to me that, that what we're seeing in some of these red states really does create an opening for blue state governors and blue leaning state governors uh, to model an alternative cultural vision to the kind of reactionary culture warring we're seeing in, in Florida and, and, and the South and many red states. And I think you're right to single out Michigan because that's a very good example of a place where this is really going to be tested as you say governor whit i mean democrats won full control uh, governor whit- whitmer defeated a, uh, a a candidate who um who actually ran on reactionary culture war yeah that's Tudor Dixon um, was all open. about that it was all about the transgender right. fear school sports being dangerous yeah, and, and so it. obviously she was a weak candidate in other ways and i don't want to say that that was the that, that that was the decisive factor but the very fact that the candidate who ran on that type of reactionary culture warring lost in a place like Michigan seems to provide an opening for Michigan Democrats to essentially say, you know, we're going to show the nation what a blue state cultural agenda can do, what a tolerant, uh, open, uh, broad, inclusive cultural agenda looks like. And you contrast that with what you're seeing in Florida, with the fear and terror and the constant efforts to foment rage and against teachers and educators and let's let's let americans make a choice here
0: yeah and 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 we have to right and to, but the thing though is is you did point out i think like 23 states are majority republican controlled like here in missouri where i live uh and then yeah. 17 are, are progressive i mean it really does feel like there's a fracturing as we have these different state approaches i mean uh it, it is is one of the things i talk about quite a bit in this in this show and then in my professional life is that you know, we're focusing heavily. You know, it, it's our politics, right? We focus heavily on races that are flippable and winnable, and 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 we've got a we've got a position now where whole states have been deemed almost unwinnable by the left, or and frankly, even by the. I think it seems less so on the right. They seem to go fight everywhere. I mean we're surrendering, it feels like we're surrendering large swaths of the country to to this other side right and and, and the division's growing i mean are, are, are do you i mean can how can we progress this fight back better i mean one of the things i say a lot is we won, we run everywhere right and then when we run everywhere we support everywhere but we still we still see this battle i mean do do you think these battles play into this larger division or and how do how will progress this fight back to actually start 17 18 19 20 states instead of just 17 for
1: well, well, I think that in, in some of these places that are more swingy territory, it seems to me the Democrats have to try to find a way to make the right wing uh, kind of degenerate culture warring into a real liability. Now, I'm not going to say that's easy. Right. Right. It is challenging. In, in, in I mean, you live in a you live in a red place and right. And, and, and it's not easy to win independence by taking on these fights. But it seems like just sort of standing down in the culture wars isn't an option either. And I don't pretend to have a very good answer on this other than to say, it seems like Democrats need to stand for some kind of broad, inclusive, positive vision, which essentially says something like, our students aren't helped if, they're, if, if topics are deemed to, to be off limits to them, if topics that shouldn't be off limits to them are deemed that way. They don't sharpen their thinking this way or become more moral, as I think EJ DM put it pretty well. He said this doesn't make people more moral, right? And and I think Democrats have to find a way to make that type of uh, fear-mongering and culture warmongering and constant efforts to turn people against each other and against legislatures into a against educators, sorry, into a liability, into a political liability. So so voters in the middle, I guess whatever the middle really is um <laughs> the voters in the middle say something like you know this is a little too much these people are are just they're they're out of their minds they're they're on on a cultural war path and i don't want part of that
0: yeah yeah and in, and where are institutions in all this and I'll, i think this i'll be that's our final question you know it's. These these are attacks on our constitution. I, I can't. I, I don't understand how we can't call this where we're restricting free speech, restricting the speech of teachers, restricting the speech of uh, even the the ability for for even adults now. In many ways, they. I mean, they're 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 going after bookstores in some places. You're talking about actually going after bookstores and what they can allow to sell. How is this? Where is our where are institutions like the DOJ? You know, where are these these constitu- these people who swear to be constitutionalists? AGs. Why are they not fighting back for our rights? I mean, do you see? Do you see a failure there on that side, where where DOJ and Garland and those others should be fighting these states in these
1: First Amendment rights? I don't really know. I have to say, I, I feel like one thing we could all be doing a little more of is, is bearing down a little harder on on the real legal debates here. I, I, I yeah. mean, I think you raised some interesting questions about the constitutionality of some of these laws. I, I don't really know what what could be done to challenge them in that way, just simply because. Uh, I've not seen the the proper legal spade work done on this. I haven't done it myself, that's for sure. Um, yeah. To be able to, to make a declaration like that. But I, I feel like that you, you're actually, what you're doing there is articulating a project that we should essentially maybe apply ourselves to in, in the sense of really trying to figure out what options there are and what the legal landscape really looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does feel, you know, it's something I talk about on the show quite a bit, um, since especially this season, is where do our institutions fit into this? You know, the media, I mean, you've got the yeah. media role, you know, you're fighting in on the media side, but where it, where are, where is the AGs? Where is our government? You know, where is the, the people we trust to protect our democracy is sometimes feel like they're just chasing, they're chasing their own tails. Sometimes they can't keep up with it. Also, I think maybe, you know, and I think the media, we all suffer from the same thing too, which is. There's just so much goddamn stuff going on, right?
1: (laughs) Like you said said earlier, right? There's always a new horror to try to make sense of.
0: Right. You know, I mean, like I said, here in Missouri, I want to say 24 bills. 24 bills directly. The the only thing the Missouri GOP is trying to pass with their supermajority are bills targeting transgender youth. You know, and and somebody said the other day there was more bills facing one committee, like six bills to be reviewed in one day, than there is actually transgender, self-identified transgender students in our school system. Total of six, I think. You know, they've literally spent more time, more days, more bills focusing on those six kids in their lives than they are actually doing anything else. The majority of people in the state, but that flood. That sheer flood of information is, is hard to fight. And I I, yeah, no, I commend absolutely. you, you know, I commend you and your work for doing it. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, you know, none of
1: us is really up to it. It's, 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 it's really hard to swim against that tide. Right. And it, it's a flood is what it is. Well, Greg, I yeah. really appreciate
0: your time. Thanks for coming on the show. And uh, thanks I so you're really much, Busy, you're busy. Go, you got an air calm too. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, I, I, thanks for being our first repeat offender guest. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and uh, we'll have to get you back on again with that. I'll, I'll, I'll let you get, have a great day, brother. Sounds great. And thanks a lot. Yeah. See you soon. Well, it was great talking to to uh, our friend Greg Sargent uh, squeezing us in. Uh, he's uh, one of the smartest people I talk to on a regular basis, and uh, I really appreciate his time. Uh, as always, um, you know, it, there's, there's a lot going on. We'll be back again next week. Uh, one topic I did want to touch on, which I I just want to kind of touch on it before we close it for the day. Um, Last night, somebody who I actually respect, I I find I I believe is an ally and a friend, and I've worked with uh, her before. She tweeted out. She tweeted on Twitter that this is your sign. I believe the tweet said, "This is your sign. We need to stop supporting, or we need to stop donating to camp to races where we usually, we often lose for thirty points. Um, Stop donating to races where we consistently lose by thirty points." And having been an advisor for a campaign you know, that uh, essentially did that. That's right. With Marcus Favre's against Marjorie Tara Green. I was pretty angry, to be honest with you. Um, I cannot disagree with that idea, that statement, or that strategy any more passionately than I do. And it goes back to what we just had this whole show discussing, right? The fact that there are large swaths of the United States of America that are the Republican majorities or Republican control, and Democrats live there. Thousands and thousands of Democrats were there and thousands and thousands of American citizens. Last cycle, 23 Republicans ran unopposed for Congress, to include Paul Gosar and and Debbie Lesko uh, in Arizona and many others. And they represented, I think, about 17.5 million Americans. 17.5 million Americans of all ages lived in those 23 districts and don't have – didn't have a choice in their congressional race on top of that, there's many more races where the, the candidate was underfunded and, and didn't have enough money to even put up a race. And, and, and so the Republicans essentially ran, ran, you know, unopposed in, in many ways as well. What is it with the message we're sending Americans? What's the message we're sending Democrats in those areas when we say, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. So fuck you. I mean, that's what we're saying. That's what they're hearing, by the way. I know this because they've written me and they've made comments in my tweets and they've sent emails to me when I worked in the Marcus Fires campaign saying, we appreciate the fact that you're fighting. Our donors used to write us all the time and say, look, I don't, I don't, I don't think Marcus is gonna win. I, I don't think he I don't know if he has a chance to win in such a Republican heavy district against Margie Taylor Green, but Margie Taylor Green must be fought. We must find a way to find money and and, and energize our small dollar donors to fight everywhere. And the one thing we say on the left all the time is we run everywhere, run everywhere. But then you have political pundit class and others saying, yeah, but not like that. Or, yeah, but you can't have any money to do it. And we're not fucking running everywhere. What we're doing is wasting our fucking time and telling millions of Americans that you don't count. That we do not believe, us political experts, that you deserve a competitive congressional race or a competitive state delegate race or governorship. That we're going to just surrender to the enemy, to our opponents. We're going to surrender to our opponents and, you know, just let them have it. And all I can think of, I always joke about it, but it's not funny, is that this is World War II. And we face the Germans and the Japanese, a gl- almost a global empire at that point straddling the oceans against the United States and an island, Britain, and, and, and looked at that and said, you know what? There's no fucking way we're going to win. So let's just invade Mexico because we for sure can beat Mexico and it's our home yard. And, and then we'll still have, you know, North and South America will be ours and you know, good enough. This is, do you see how ridiculous that is? But that's what you say when you say, Hey, we should not donate to these. You should not get, you're stupid, small dollar donor. You're stupid for giving your money to hard races. It's not American, right? And so I get really warped out. And I think if you've listened to the show for a while, you've heard this before. Uh, I think I did it when I was down in Georgia. As a matter of fact, I did a solo show. I'm, f- I'm, f- I'm, fucking, I'm fucking frustrated. I'm fucking frustrated. There continues to be voices on the left, who say, "Oh yeah, you donors are stupid," or "Oh yeah, you know you you made a mistake." You know you should give your money to someone. Else. You're not smart because you gave your twenty five dollars. You know you gave your twenty five dollars to you know somebody else. You know to a, a hard race, and I gotta tell you, I'm incredibly frustrated. It's so wrong. Donors are not stupid. Americans are not stupid. Democrats want someone to fight for them. And the worst people in America deserve to be fought, to be pushed back against. They deserve to have to run for office. They deserve to have an opponent that actually makes them just come home to their district. I assure you, Marjorie Taylor Greene did not want to go back to Georgia 14, ever. Hell, her husband left her in the middle of the campaign because she has a boyfriend with right-side broadcasting news. She just wanted to be at Trump rallies with her boyfriend. But because Marcus ran, she came home and had to, she had to actually represent the people of Georgia 14. Because Marcus ran, over 10,000 new Democrats voted for Raphael Warnock, which ended up being a full fourth of the margin that got him across the hump to go into a runoff. I assure you that Senator Warnock understood that. Senator Warnock understood that. And to say out loud, that you should not support hard races goes against everything I stand for, especially as a former soldier, okay, a veteran of combat. We run to the sound of the guns, we run to battle. That's American. That's the American way. We fight. That's why we exist as a country. We don't surrender. We're not surrender monkeys. We fight. And so I I do get upset, and and I think very highly the person that tweeted. That's why I'm not mentioning her by name. I think she's a great person, but it's a fun. It's it's this. It's sort of this dogma in certain circles in, in 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 progressive politics that people are wasting their money when they support hard races, or we we only have a limited amount of money, and it should be spent very carefully for flippable, winnable races. And all we're doing is destiny. We're creating a destiny. Of 51, 49 majorities. We just take turns who's 51, who's 49. And then the same people in four years are gonna call those states, those states that are red, those congressional districts that are 30-point gaps, and they're gonna say, hey, look, we're not gonna don't, we don't think we should donate money to your candidates, but hey, can you vote for president for us? Yeah, just this time, just vote for president. You know, just be on our side. When you have basically told them to fuck off for four years. it's unacceptable. We have to change how we think. We have to fight back and fight everywhere. So, that's my uh, that's my rant for today. I I, I appreciate uh, you listening to it. Yeah. I appreciate you joining the show. Uh, 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 Greg was only on for a half an hour, but it's a great conversation as always. As always, you can find me at at fp uh and fp Wellman officials. My Instagram. It's been real busy lately. Uh, the show. Please subscribe, share it with your friends. We are sponsored by our friends at Vi Media. Vi Media is a digital marketing agency based right here in St. Louis. And you can do all the marketing needs you need. Uh, they're growing fast. They just won another award, I believe. That's v i e media on the web. You can find out more about them. They've been very good to us and they're a great partner. With that, great seeing you guys. Thanks for joining me here at home in the home studio and we'll see you again next week.